TED Audio Collective. This TED Talk features environmentalist and activist Wanjira Matai, recorded live at We the Future 2019. Support comes from Zuckerman Spader. Through nearly five decades of taking on high-stakes legal matters, Zuckerman Spader is recognized nationally as a premier litigation and investigations firm. Their lawyers routinely represent individuals, organizations, and law firms in business disputes, government, and internal investigations, and at trial, when the lawyer you choose matters most. Online at Zuckerman.com. Support for TED Talks Daily comes from Capital One Bank. With no fees or minimums, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than deciding to listen to another episode of your favorite podcast. And with no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank. Capital One N.A. Member FDIC. TED Talks Daily is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Have you ever been robbed or had something you value possibly taken from you against your will, it's violating. Feelings of fury, of assault, and of helplessness. That's what corruption feels like. Corruption is theft. It is corrosive, it is criminal, it is toxic, and it is predatory. Now, I'm from Kenya, And in Kenya, corruption takes different forms. I want to share the story of Karura Forest with you. I love Nairobi, it's beautiful. But it is a city of paradoxes. It is at once beautiful and challenging. But at the heart of this beautiful city that I call home is Karura Forest an oasis of green, expansive beauty that would be the envy of any city anywhere. We almost lost Karura Forest to corruption. Word has reached my mother, Wangari Mathai, that Karura Forest is under attack. There was a construction site coming up right in the middle of the forest. Government officials had stolen the forest. They had divided, sold, and gifted hundreds of parcels of Karura to their friends and cronies. Now, in 1977, my mother founded the Greenbelt Movement to plant trees across Kenya, restore green spaces, and protect green spaces, much like Karura Forest. She got together her friends and allies, and together they created what became one of the most successful tree-planting campaigns in the world. It was therefore no surprise that when word got to her that Karura was under attack, they immediately sprang into action. They battled police and hired goons to stop the theft of this forest. 
But fortunately, there was an uprising of support from the clergy, politicians, students, and the general public, all of whom came out to say no to corruption and greed. And pretty soon, that support was too strong and intense for the authorities to subdue. And Karura Forest was saved. In the 2000s, I joined my mother at the Greenbelt Movement and witnessed the growth of the movement's advocacy activities, its expansion beyond Kenya, and an extremely important growing consensus around the 2004 Nobel Peace Prize that she received, that the environment, democracy and peace were inextricably linked. I also learned that what my mother had faced that many years ago trying to protect Karura Forest was not an isolated incident. The corruption and greed that manifested itself then is alive and well today. From greedy politicians and public servants willing to loot public coffers at their expense, corruption is everywhere. Now, corruption is devastating to any economy, democracy, and the environment. It robs citizens of vital social services and renders human life worthless. When young men are willing to join gangs and brutalize their communities for a small fee, and women are raped on the way to work, and when they report this, the perpetrators bribe their way out of jail. And when young girls have to sell their bodies to buy sanitary towels, you know the society is broken. In recent years, Kenya has been ranked amongst the top 10 most corrupt countries in the world. Even more frustrating for me is that Kenya loses a third of her national budget to corruption each year, that is $6 billion. It is totally unacceptable. In a country where anti-corruption efforts have been frustrated and ignored and interfered with, we absolutely need new strategies for dealing with this vice. We cannot complain forever. We either decide that we're going to live with it or we're going to change it. There's some good news. Human beings are not born corrupt. At some point, these behaviors are fostered by a culture that promotes individual gain over collective progress. So if we're going to uproot corruption, we have got to start before it ever takes root. We have got to intervene early. I don't know about your country, but where I come from, youth will lead us into the future. In Kenya today, 80% of the population is under the age of 35. But by their own admission, they have conflicting values. 58% of young people in Kenya recently told us they will do anything to make money. An additional 45% said, corruption is a legitimate tool for doing business. 
73% said they would not be willing to stand up for what they believe in for fear of retribution. What I learned from my mother a few years ago was this concept of the power of one, that each of us can be potent agents of change and that together we are a force. That if we put our hands together, we can change the situation and no problem is too big. My mother understood this so profoundly that it was at the center of her work. Shifting cultures takes patience, persistence and commitment and it is extremely slow and deep work. But if we're going to shift a culture, we have got to get that work started. And in the time since her passing, we have established a foundation in her name to do exactly that, but to work with young people and children to begin to build character and personal leadership, to inspire purpose and integrity. But fighting corruption is not as easy as saying corruption is bad. Now, here are three strategies that we are employing that we believe can be replicated in any school community. First, we must understand the why. Why does corruption happen in the first place? Do we call it for what it is, theft? Or do we gloss over it with other words? When young children are able to model what it looks and feels like to deal with corruption, they are likely, when faced with a dilemma in their future, to model what they've been taught. Second, we need to teach character explicitly. Now, this may seem obvious, but a child who exhibits a growth mindset and a sense of self-control is self-confident. And a self-confident child is likely to stand up for what they believe. Third, we need to build personal leadership in our children early. To give them an opportunity to know what it looks like to call corruption out when they see it. What it feels like to stand up and be counted when they're needed. And for me to make the more and most important connection between human suffering on one hand and corruption, greed, and selfishness on the other. We have got to believe in our capacity to bring about the future we want to see. Each of us in our small way. Young people must believe that a new reality is possible. Corruption, climate change, ecosystem collapse, biodiversity loss, all these issues need leadership. And in the words of Baba Diom of Senegal, in the final analysis, we will conserve only what we love, we will love only what we understand, and we will understand only what 
we are taught. Thank you.